Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast. We're spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses, from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Hello, this is episode 38 of Canada Horse Podcast, and today Nikki and I are doing something a little differently than normal. We are recording this episode for you today with the intention to introduce an upcoming series we are recording, and we are asking for your help and input. We decided a while back that we would like to discuss a specific topic that deserves attention, but we also knew we didn't want to do it without you, our listeners involved. Right, Nikki? For sure. So today... We're going to be introducing you to the topics and also how you can get involved in the show directly. So we decided to break this conversation over a three-part series because there's so much to cover and we want to bring you the best this conversation has to offer. This is the breakdown of the upcoming series called The Equestrian Image. The first episode is discussing body image in the equestrian world. Now, it's important to note that when we use the term equestrian, we're talking about all equestrians, whether that be Western, English, endurance, all disciplines, all equestrians. The negative impacts, judgments, stigmas, and experiences about body image in the equestrian world. So that's episode number one. Episode number two will be all about equestrian fashion. So what what English and Western attire do riders of all body types ride in and find suit their style and needs the most? The third and final episode of the series is on equestrian nutrition and fitness, where we talk about how to work toward optimal health and mobility as an equestrian versus an optimal weight. Oh man, I'm so excited for these conversations. So to begin, Nikki, let's talk about why we decided to do these episodes in the first place. Okay. I think that's really important. We're all about the why. So when we discuss a topic and both of us, it's very clear that we're like passionate about it. We oftentimes are passionate about it in different ways and for different reasons. And I think that's why it comes together the way that it does. And this particular one also, it allowed us to expand it over these three series because we recognize there's so much to talk about on these three, one like umbrella of a topic, but three different ways to to discuss it. I would say my why really comes from my experiences in the horse world personally, having come from the English world and going into the Western world, whether that be around judgments and some pretty impactful conversations that I had as a younger equestrian woman and how those really like solidified in my mind, what I should 
look like or how much I should weigh in order to look a certain way or do a certain thing on my horses in the arena, typically when it came to horse showing. And then of course, just changes in life and changes in discipline and, and wanting to talk about all of the other things involved as well. What about unity? Yeah. So we do a lot that's focused on the horse and the horsemanship side of it. So I'm really excited to really focus on the rider and the horse person for these episodes. And I agree. We just, there's so many questions and topics that we can discuss over this whole series. So it's really good that we're going to break it down. I personally have noticed, you know, I, I'm going to just say it, I'm almost 40 And my body doesn't feel the same way that it used to when I ride or even when I do barn chores. So I notice myself getting sore more often than I used to. And it's become more important to me to stay in shape, do yoga and stretching and strength training and things like that, just so that I can continue to feel good when I'm doing the things with the horses. So I'm really interested in that part of this, um, the fitness and nutrition. And then also as styles change and as things have evolved with fashion in the horse world. And also, like you said, Nikki, being part of a new discipline, like fairly new to reining and ranch riding, there's so many different options and different little intricacies within the disciplines that it would be really neat to focus in on the style and what, you know, sort of jeans work the best and what brands do people wear the most. So I'm really excited to kind of delve into that a little bit more. Me too. Okay. As you were talking, I couldn't help but think, well, first of all, I'm also almost 40. And when you said that you're like a little more stiff, it got me thinking about the fact that like, I've been noticing that I've been quite weak lately. Like my muscles are weaker than normal and I'm carrying buckets that are less heavy. And I'm like, well, I should carry more weight because I should try to like continue that strength, but then I know I'm going to put my back out if I do that. So, you know, there's all these different things. So I think part of the third conversation, we should really look at different methods, very similar to how we talk about this with our horses all the time. We talk about the the necessity to have uh, a massage therapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath. Personally, I use an osteopath for myself and my horse. So I think that should be a part of that conversation as well. What do you think? Like body work, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, that that's great. I don't, don't know what I would do without my massage therapist and acupuncture and things like that. But yeah, I, I absolutely do think that that should be a part of the conversation and also equestrian specific exercises that we can do to help us with those daily chores and to keep our bodies fit and feeling good for riding. Yeah. And the symptoms to look for that just indicate that we should either seek out a professional to help us in a way or seek out different exercises, like you just said, to help out with different areas that we're, we're struggling with or that we're finding weakness in. So, okay. I wait, Oh, I need it. Oh, wait, I need to tell a funny story just before we go on that topic. (laughs) So I went to see this acupuncture lady and specifically for cupping because she, I haven't seen her in like three years since I moved, but I went back because my back has been really bothering me. And I was like, you're what you do is the best that I can get. You know, I can't get anything better than this. And she does like traditional Chinese um, cupping and things anyway. So I told her, I said, you know, even just pushing my heavy wheelbarrow around is starting to really like bother my back. And she said, well, do you have to fill it up so much? So much? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, 
yeah, I guess like I could fill it less and then I wouldn't have to be pushing it so heavy. It, it was so funny. And she, but she related it to everybody. She said, I get so many people coming in with their left arm sore and their left elbow sore because they have to pile all of their grocery bags onto one arm. And then it gives them like, you know, tendonitis in the elbow or something. And so she's like, it's the same thing. Like, do you, could you just make an extra trip? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's, that makes sense. I guess I could. <laughs> well, you could, if you like had all the time in the world. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Who wants to make that extra 40 foot trip again? You know, <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a ramp that I have to take the wheelbarrow up and there have been occasions where I fill it so full and it's so heavy that I'm like, I have to run and push it up the ramp and there's a little concrete lip and I'll get to the <laughs> lip and it comes back towards me. And then I just start screaming for somebody to come and help me because it's, I'm going to wear it. It's- Every single person listening, like knows that feeling <laughs> of like, I just have to give it the momentum to get it up there. For sure. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So the big thing about this this whole series is it is very dependent on you guys, the listeners. Mm -hmm. So Nikki, let's just kind of talk about the ways that we're going to be asking for input and what we're going to be looking for input on. Okay. Sounds good. So different ways that you as a listener can contribute to the conversation. And I'm, I'm really excited about this because it opens up the doors for you to really interact with us. So if you have not shared any stories with us before for probably like a, you tell me yours segment or whatever it is, we encourage you to do that now. So reach out to us. You can do that either sending us a audio message. You can send an audio message via uh, email, or I believe Instagram or Facebook is easy to do that as well. And you can also type out an experience or a story and send that to us via Instagram or Facebook. Something I'm really excited about is if you would be interested in actually coming on the show and doing a quick interview with us about a positive or negative experience around body image, around different brands that you have purchased that you find work really well for your type of body image, any personal experiences really that work with these topics. What do you think, Nadine? Yeah, I would be really excited if we had a few people that we could bring on for some short interviews. What I'm hoping to get out of this is to really drive the point home about how judgment does not help our equestrian community. And so if we can share some experiences, like Nikki said, positive or negative, just to really bring the community together to understand each other and understand how our, the things that we say to someone or about someone really impacts them. And that it's really important to think about that before you say those things. So by sharing your stories, it's not just us talking or interviewing one person. It gives like a multiple person example of how this happens. When we talk about the negative or the positive, And we're talking about something like body image, for example, and judgments. I think it's important for us to try not to turn this into a conversation around, oh, once this person said this to me and really only focus on these really nasty conversations that are hard to let go of. I think we need to focus on the fact that those conversations happen and we can share those, but it'd be nice to balance those out with positive conversations 
where maybe you had one of those experiences and somebody you didn't even know, or a friend of yours or a coach came and actually spoke to you in a respectful and kind way, maybe on the same topic and maybe even with the same sort of intention, um, but just were able to go about it in a different way or, you know, whatever, whatever makes it so that we can gain something from this conversation, I think is the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great point, Nikki. So for example, I'm just kind of thinking about a positive example about how that conversation would go. Somebody isn't sitting up straight is having a hard time holding their balance and things like that. The coach comes to them in a very positive and helpful manner and suggests going to yoga to help strengthen your core and make you feel better in the saddle to help your riding. And then you did it and it improved your riding and you found a positive change. So something like that, as opposed to somebody coming up and saying, you know, you would do a lot better if you lost 20 pounds and you, you'd look better. It's not about how you look. It's about how you feel. So the more examples and stories we can get via messages or audio or setting up for interview would be great. And it doesn't have to be a long interview. And if you want to be anonymous and send a message, we don't have to post your name on it or anything. We can just use stories as examples and it can be done either way. Yeah, for sure. Something else we'd love to hear from you about are different social media accounts that you find positive to follow. So people in the equestrian space, remember that's Western or English that you follow, that when you see their content, it makes you feel better about yourself. So a really, really healthy thing to do nowadays is that if you notice that your social media makes you feel bad about yourself, then you need to delete those people and find different social media accounts to follow. This is part of that initiative so that we can help you find those people. It's by chance, oftentimes that we come across a really cool social media account to follow. So let's make that a little more accessible for people. I love that. It's funny too, because you start to notice certain friends, whether they're friends on Facebook or, you know, real friends in real life who post things and share things that you really identify with and also like. And I had a little conversation with a friend on Facebook the other day, because we both share and like the same stories all the time. And she said, I always look for the ones that you post. And I was like, same here, you know, they, you identify with those same things. So when you find people like that, and then you see the, the stories that they're sharing, you can look at those accounts. And then I don't know, it really does make you feel better when you see those posts coming up that are encouraging and positive, right? Mm -hmm, Definitely. And it just as equally makes you feel crappy when you're following people that make you feel crappy. So, and knowing that that's not the other person's intention, that's not a responsibility of theirs. It's a responsibility of ours to make sure that we are exposing ourselves to and digesting healthy content. There's a fine line. I've had this conversation with a few people about following people and seeing things that you disagree with, like you have conflicting values about. And, you know, my first thought would be to unfollow or just kind of like not have that stuff come up. But then there's also that point where if you just delete everything that you don't believe in from your social media accounts, you will only ever see your own opinion. And so- you know, like, I think that there's a balance between like seeing something, respecting that someone else can have a different opinion, 
Mm-hmm. and leaving that on there and being okay with that. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, delete everybody that you don't agree with. It's just, mm-hmm. if things constantly make you feel bad about yourself, then that's a time to look at that and say, yeah. hmm, don't really need to see that in my feed every day. That was a brilliant point, Nadine. The other step to that is asking yourself, why does that trigger me? Why does that person make me feel this way? when I know that's not the intention of the post. So I, I completely agree. I think that it's just getting really intentional about understanding why the content that you have, that you like to have, like you like to see why it is you like to see it. And then if something doesn't, you don't like it, why is it? And if it is because it goes against your values, uh, then that's a, that's, probably a good reason to get rid of them. If it's Mm -hmm. because it is differing from your opinions and you just don't want to see other different opinions because it triggers different things, then that's also, like you said, another, uh, another topic to be thought about. And yeah, exactly. There's a lot of positive that can come from social media and it's all about how you construct what you see Mm-hmm. and how, what you do with it, you know? So yeah. we will be posting in our stories and, you know, some polls and asking you for feedback on some of these things. So feel free if you're a listener and you're hearing this first, send any of those suggestions to us or just respond to our stories when we post them up. Okay. That is one part of it is that we would really like you personally to be involved in these conversations. And the other part is that if you know of someone who you feel like would contribute very well on a professional level or on a passionate level to these conversations, you think that they've already been delving into these topics in their social media or in their life or in in their business, send along their names to us and we would love to look into them and reach out to them if possible. Yeah, so that includes the whole body image topic, and then also the brands and the fashion, which we are super pumped to to get into. So I think it's important if you're going to suggest a brand or a clothing line or something like that to have personal experience with it, that is positive, right? We want to have reviews and share the things that really work and why, like, why do you like that particular brand? Why do you like that particular pair of jeans or that shirt or whichever that pair of boots, anything like that. And it can't just be because that's the only one you ever tried and you just liked it. Cause that's <laughs> the only one you ever tried, you know, <laughs> because that's what we fall into. We like the thing that we know because we haven't tried anything else. So, and also I would hope that if we're going to be supporting brands on the podcast and on our social media, that they also reflect in these values of mm-hmm. body positivity and non-judgment and inclusivity and all of those things. Yeah. One of the things that prompted me to think this conversation around fashion was really important to have was being present for a conversation recently where there were some women and one woman, she was just wearing like regular tights. They weren't riding tights. And she was a little less confident in the tack. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm slipping. And it makes me a little concerned. I need to find like, good riding tights. And she wants to wear tights. She doesn't want to wear jeans. She's like, I want to wear tights and she's in Western tack. So one of the women that were there, she was wearing uh, a pair of English tights 
So she's in English tech, she's in Western tech, and they shared about these specific types that she really enjoyed that are for English writing, but it doesn't matter. She's going to go and buy them uh, because they felt like it was going to be good for her body style. It was going to be good for her, uh, for the needs that she had to feel comfortable in her saddle. That was the conversation that I thought was just brilliant and so important for people to have to say like, you know what? I had two kids and I can't wear low rise jeans anymore. What's the best mid rise jean out there for my body type? Or what's the best? I really like high waisted jeans, or maybe I don't even know that I should try those sort of things. So if you, if you're listening and you know someone who has a boutique or an equestrian brand, I would like to get like the real details on and Nadine, you were like, yeah, numbers, <laughs> get the real details on, you know, what brand or what style clothing is being sold the most at different sizes. So like what is fitting different body types the best and is in the most demand for different body types. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that that would be really neat to be able to explain to people. So if there is someone out there that, and we'll reach out to a couple different, um, clothing designer lines that we can and see what we can find out. Made me think of something when you were saying that. And I think the other part is that, you know, you kind of commented on it, but an English, English tights wearing in a Western saddle, I do that all the time. And it's something that if you're a Western runner, you, I have no idea what are the best English tights to wear, or which ones, you know, are comfortable in the summer and things like that. And I happened upon a thread on Facebook the other day, and it was someone who was going to be in a clinic outside all weekend in the sun. And she was trying to get suggestions on what kind of shirts would be cool, but also provide sun protection. And by far the most suggestions were fishing shirts. Yes. Yeah. Which I never heard of before. I didn't, didn't even know that that would be a suggestion for someone who was going horseback riding for the weekend. So I only know that because of Rusty. Oh, yes. See, and, and now I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You know, a long sleeve, like Columbia fishing shirt for being outside in the sun all day. Like that would be helpful for you when you're doing clinics all day. Oh, for sure. Now here's another topic that we haven't really talked about. And I think it should definitely be in the fashion is talking about underwear and sports bras. Like yes. what is your favorite bra as a smaller chested woman, a mid chested woman, larger chested woman. I have experience in both the larger and the mid area mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had a reduction a few years ago. Well, it was more than a few years ago. I'm aging myself, but that's a, that's a conversation that we all as women, I'm sorry, if you're a man and you're listening and you don't, you don't have this experience, but maybe your wife does, or maybe your girlfriend or, or your daughter has this experience and, uh, you know, of a brand or a style that works the best for those type of body types. I like that you mentioned, you know, like small, medium, large chested, because I probably am on the smaller end of that spectrum, but I've only ever worn these like full support, like squish you in. And I've literally been told, like, you look like a 12 year old boy (laughs) and it does, it's not flattering when you go out with a button up shirt on to have like, you know, (laughs) uniboob. 
So definitely, I think we should talk about that and um, what suggestions we have. And I'm just going to throw it in here. Super not cool, but socks are really important to me. And I always struggle. I have like my favorite riding socks, which I know I can't get any longer. And I'm going to be sad when I, when they're sold at like, not when mine go, I can't get anymore. So I'd be interested to hear what other Western and English rider use for socks. Cause I know that the English socks are so thin, so they're not really like ideal for my cowboy boots, but I really like a sock that pulls all the way up my calf and doesn't slouch down. I find that really annoying. Mm, socks are a great topic. <laughs> this is not, it's you're right. It's not overly exciting, but it's no. exciting when you like you're actually, you have to go and do the things and you want stuff that feels good. I am not distracting while you're riding. No, exactly. Exactly. You, there are so many different things. Clothing plays such an important part in how we feel in the tack in where our mind is. Like you said, if it's distracting, if your sock is down in your boot and you're trying to ride your horse, that you're not going to be present riding your horse because that's just impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Sounds minor, but it's a big deal. The other part is like, I, I don't like the distraction of feeling like something is new or, or presents something. So very similar to that woman who I was speaking to about her pants were slippery. I bought a pair of Levi's jeans once had never worn them and went and wore them to a show, sat in my saddle. And I was distraught because I was slipping you and were, was, you were not happy about that. <laughs> oh, not good. So, you know, knowing the comfort that clothing brings to us and getting comfortable in certain brands and different styles and just having the conversation around like what works for you and what really doesn't. And I have a couple examples of what really doesn't that I'm excited to share. And, you know, speaking to something you've said before, when it comes to people that want to go show and compete you know, you can present a certain type of image. And I know that's important to you and your style. It really affects kind of how you present yourself. And so I have been guilty in the past of just like not putting any thought into how I look or just going and wearing whatever's comfortable. Like comfort always seems to be more important to me than like the presentation. But the more I get into this, the more I'm like, oh, I want to match this color and that color. And I want to, like you said, feel good. You want to feel good. It helps you feel more confident when you go in. So I do think that all of these three episodes are going to be tied together quite well. Yeah. I'm really excited about them. I don't know if I even realized I was this excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. All right, guys. So we're going to keep it pretty short for this episode. Nikki, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think that's about it. Just quick summary that we're going to do a three-part series and it's all on the equestrian image. And we would love to have your feedback. And if you're feeling like these topics, either or any or all of them are resonating with you, they're calling to you in any sort of way based on your personal experience or your beliefs, then reach out to us because we would love to hear from you. We'd love to either have you on the show or have you as a part of the show in some sort of way. I think that wraps it up perfectly. All right, guys, you will hear from us very soon with our first episode on body image. Thanks for listening today. 
If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada.